0: immorality in south africa right now and you guys are leaving that and some a lot of uncertainty in uganda too so i'm looking forward to learning a lot of, of about that kind of stuff from you guys but um anyway we'd like to pray w- with you guys would you all stand with me and let's just lift up mike and cheryl and um they've re- as they've really sensed the lord moving them um toward a new step in in their lives and their mission work um in uh, into uganda and um and um just want to uh, pray for them, and so would you. As I, as I pray out loud, would you just pray there, just between you and God there uh, this morning for them? As we just um, want to pray for them in the Lord's direction and blessing for them as they uh, take on some new work here. So let's pray for them, if you if you would please, Heavenly Father. We thank you so much for Mike and Cheryl, just for the the example that they are to us. And I, I know they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't have me say any of this, but uh, Lord, just for the example of, of a lifestyle of ministry that they have and uh, a, a lifestyle of service uh, to you, and so. Uh, Father, they just encourage me so much, uh, encourage me so much that, that no matter where I am, no matter what I do, uh, that I'm always your servant and, and that I'm, al- I'm always um, uh, always supposed to be serving and loving people. They're just such a great example of that, and, and Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for the encouragement. We thank you f- that they're here with us today. We're so excited to hear what you've been doing and you, what, what do you have planned for them next, Lord God, in this, this next step of, of their life together, Lord God. We thank you for Mike and Cheryl. We, we pray for them, Lord God. We lift them up to you. Father, for this new direction that they have, Lord, we thank you for speaking to them and, and for showing them, revealing to them, Lord God, what you want from them. And Lord, we just pray now, we know that that your calling is always a challenge uh, when you call us to do something, but it's never without your power. And so, Father, we pray that you would give them your power and that you would give them your strength and your Holy Spirit, Father, uh, uh, to give them uh, the, the encouragement, the boldness, the strength that they need um, as they continue their work in, in Africa. And, Lord, we just pray your blessings on them. We also pray your blessings on their children, Lord God, who are here stateside and need, uh, need, need your continuing work in their lives, and uh, just as the rest of us do. And, and, Lord, we just pray for success in school and at jobs and and all the things that they need, Lord God. Uh, we just pray for your provident hand to be over them, uh, preparing them, helping them, guiding them, giving them strength, and, and providing for all that they need. Uh, Lord, we ask this in the great name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, well, Mike, with no further ado, I'll let you share what the Lord's been doing with you guys. Okay. Thank
1: you. Bar, Stan, Jamie. Well, it is great to be here. Um, I was sitting here this morning just thinking a little bit that almost 30 years ago, Cheryl and I were a newlywed couple. We moved to Canyon and went to started going to school at WT, and it We joined this church, and we're just sitting there going, wow, that was a long time ago. Gracie was just a little bitty girl, you know, and I can remember your husband sitting right beside you, and most of you don't even know Calvin and and, uh, the blessing he was in our lives. And this church grew us up and raised us and walked alongside us all the way as we made our journey onto the mission field. I can remember lots of parties at the Salazar's house. Carmen was a lot younger, not Carmen, Jess, sorry. Jesse was a lot younger than Carmen's always young. And so uh, it was just a blessing in our life. People were there with us, and they walked alongside us, and they helped to raise us up and teach us and and grow us and then sent us out on the field. And I really wish that we could be here every Sunday. This is home to us. This is our home church, and you guys are a part of that. Some of you don't even know who we are, and that's what's really scary, You know that we're gone so much that um, we miss out on a lot of it. But uh, I wish I could come every Tuesday night to your men's study. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to come to that. then I went, no, wait, I'm going to be gone. It's just not right, you know, because I travel a lot while we're here. We speak in a lot of different churches and and just that kind of stuff. But it's a blessing to be here, and it's a blessing that you guys are part of our lives. And I want to just give you a brief update on our family. Um, This is us. You can see Joshua is our oldest son. Um, He's the one on the left there. He actually lives in New York State now uh, near Albany. He's a mechanical engineer. Uh, He's uh, working and enjoying his time up there. He really wishes he was back here in the Midwest. Uh, He loves this part of the world, and if he ever gets a chance, he'll move back here. Uh, Joel lives in Amarillo. He graduated from Amarillo College. He's got a couple degrees, uh, one in drafting and one in computer animation, and uh, he's looking for a full-time job in one of those fields, and so we're just hoping that during this time we're here, we'll be able to help him do that. And So it's uh, been good to be able to spend time with him on a daily basis. Joanna is a junior in college. She's attending Wayland Baptist in Plainview. Uh, we were, Like you said, we were there just last night watching one of her plays. She's majoring in drama and religious education. And so we're really excited again to be a part of her life and be involved in that. And then, of course, Cheryl and I. And so it's just great um, to be able to be home and to be with our kids again. And, and uh, like you guys know, we are in Lesotho, Africa. You've been a part of our life since we've been there. We've been there 17 years now. And you guys have been involved in that. And we're down there on the very bottom, uh, totally surrounded by the country of South Africa. And so uh, it's been great. And I'll share a little bit more about what we're going to be doing in the future as we're there. But what I want to do a little bit is just give you some really brief um, statistics about Lesotho. I'm not going to bore you with those kind of things because I don't really enjoy myself much either. But you can see a population of 2.1 million people, not very big. But you can also notice a life expectancy of only, what, 47 years, not too long. A lot of that is because of HIV and stuff there. And you can see we have one doctor for every 20,000 people. How many doctors do we have just right here in Canyon? Yeah, quite a few. So we don't have too many doctors there. And also, just to let you know, I'm a pretty interactive kind of guy, so if you want to stop and ask me questions or interrupt me, uh, feel free to do that. I don't mind at all. In fact, it makes my job a lot of bit easier. Just a bit of a religious breakdown you'll see there. You can see that if you look at that, you go, wow, Lesotho is a Christian nation, 68%. But you have to divide that up a little bit more. You can see that 50% of those are Catholic, and then about 18 of that is going to be Protestant religions. But we have to be really careful in Lesotho because the people are animistic. They worship their ancestors. And so they'll easily say, yes, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. And you're right. Okay, you do. But why do you go to church on Sunday, but then the next day you go see your witch doctor? It doesn't work that way. You can't do that. Okay, God is the only God. Jesus is the only God. You can't just add him to your list of gods. But they want to because they recognize Jesus is powerful. You show the Jesus film and they're like, yeah, I want to accept Jesus. I want him in my life because that's a powerful God and I need him in my life. You're like, fine, you can have him, but he's not one of many. He's the only one and the only way. And so you can see we do a lot of discipleship training and a lot of discipling in Lesotho. We're pretty fortunate that Islam is only about 2% in Lesotho right now. This is what I do. I am an aircraft mechanic by trade. God has called me to work on airplanes, and so I work with Mission Aviation Fellowship, and that's what I do. I repair those Cessna 206 aircraft, and if I can get my button to work, I know it was working yesterday. Boo-hoo. Okay. It goes backwards really good. Look at that. (laughs) But we don't go forward so great. Can you hear it rattling? Got to get a new one. Anyway, my wife tried to get me to get one yesterday. but This is what I do. God called me to use my skills and my abilities as an aircraft mechanic. He gives us all skills, and he gives us all abilities, and he wants us to use those to serve him regardless of where we are and what we do. And this is what I do and what I enjoy doing. And God has called me to reach out to the people in Lesotho through those things. This guy beside me is one of our national mechanics. His name is Joe. Incredible guy. We've trained him up from nothing, and brought him up to an aircraft mechanic. We've sent him to the States to get trains. He's fully licensed and ready to go. Beautiful guy, and I really enjoy working with him very much. Just to give you a brief bit about Lesotho culture, it's always kind of fun to see that. This is one of my favorite signs in Lesotho, chicken dust restaurant. What is chicken dust, and why do you want to eat it? I don't know, but um, chicken dust, it's a lot of fun. I haven't eaten there. Some of our other guys have, um, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of flaky looking. Also, Lesotho has a lot of water. When we first went there, this was just a big open valley. Nothing there but grass and mountains. And they dammed it up, and they export water to South Africa now. South Africa is a very water-hungry nation, and so Lesotho has a lot of water. It's about the only thing that we export, but it's beautiful. It also gets very cold in Lesotho. You wouldn't think about Africa as getting cold, but we're about as far south as we are north right here, and so it gets pretty cold. Very high elevation, our mountains go all the way up to about 12,000 feet, and so uh, we get snow, we don't get a lot of it in the city where Cheryl and I live, but we do get some occasionally, and uh, we don't like the cold, actually. In fact, we were very lucky, we missed out on the blizzard you guys had here just a while back. We were up in Idaho at our home office, and and, uh, so that was kind of fun. We have a lot of sheep in Lesotho, and they shear those sheep, and they spin that hair, it's mohair, and they spin it all by hand, and then they make beautiful tapestries and weavings with them. The ladies get together and they make cooperatives, and they just get in there and and hand make these things. And you can get little bitty ones all the way up to massive ones, and they're really beautiful, and we enjoy that and and getting to see those things. This is a traditional house in Lesotho. It's called a rondovel. It's made out of rock and mud and dung mixed together uh, for the mortar to hold it. And they're really nice houses. The problem with them is they're just as cold inside as it is outside. So in the wintertime, you're going to see most people outside of their house, just enjoying the sunshine and and their time, and we really, um, we've spent some time in those houses, and believe me, they are bitterly cold. We also have a lot of cattle in Lesotho, um, but cows are kind of interesting. They're not like the cattle here. Cows there are raised as a sign of wealth, and so you don't butcher cattle very often. Rarely will you see a cow butcher because that's my wealth. The more cows I have, the wealthier I am. Occasionally for a funeral or a wedding or something, you might see it, but very rarely. Um, Lesotho blankets, they're called kobos, And uh, they're really interesting. Because it gets so cold, people wear blankets all the time. They wear it like we would a coat. And they're very, very colorful. Lots of designs. And they even every year have blanket festivals where they get together and they celebrate the new designs that are coming out. And it's just a fun time. They model them and they get all out and they dance and they party. And and it's an exciting event. And we like to go and enjoy them too because it's just a lot of fun activity going on around us. This guy, he's just walking on and dancing by himself, just having a good time. Now, I brought for you... My Kobo, and uh, I just have to show you, you're going to like it, because guess what it has on it? Airplanes, yeah. I've had this thing since I got to Lesotho, 17 years. I've enjoyed this, this Kobo, and it's cool. Yeah, it's got airplanes on it. And you can't find them anymore. They're really hard to find ones with airplanes, but I just had to show that to you. Usually I talk about it, but today I brought it. It's more fun. Yeah, Kobos are great, and I wear it. I have occasionally. I look like a Mosutu when I do. Wrong skin color, but the rest of me is all right. It's a lot of fun. I want to introduce you to somebody, uh, D.F. Ellenberger. Interesting man. They came to Lesotho back in the 1800s. He was a French missionary, moved to Lesotho with his wife, and they had a really interesting experience. They built their house in a cave. They just took an outcropping, and he just bricked up the front of it, and they came as missionaries to live in Lesotho. And what's really funny about this guy is he raised 12 children in that cave. Yeah, three rooms, little bitty rooms, You have to, you know, he was very short because when I'm in there, I have to bend down. It's quite an incredible thing. But the missionaries came from France first to work in Lesotho and to be a part of that. And so it was really neat uh, to see that. But one thing that he ran into when he was there is that the people came to him and said, why does Jesus only come to white people? He's like, what are you talking about? And they said, no, everything we have ever seen, every piece of artwork only shows Jesus with white people. And so his wife said, no, Jesus comes for everybody all around the world. He comes for people. And and so she took it upon herself to start making a picture showing Jesus coming to Africans because Africans are very visual people, and they want to see that. And so she made this picture. She used local uh, models to do her artwork. She took some of the natural uh, background and made it, and it still hangs in the church there by their house. And it's really nice to see that, no, Jesus didn't come. And they, they look at this and they say, no, we see now. Jesus didn't come for just white people. Jesus came for everybody, and he came for us. And so it made a great impact on their lives, and it still does because they see Jesus with them. And that's what's important, and that's what it's about. Anybody know what that is? Some of you kids? What? It's a donkey. Okay, all right, just making sure you're awake and still with me. Yeah, this guy, he was more curious about us than we were about him, but uh, he's a lot of fun to do it. What i like to do today a little bit with you, is uh, just take an opportunity to show how you guys have been involved in the work that's been going on in Lesotho, and how you've been a vital part of that. And so I want to do it with this verse of Scripture. It's a familiar one. You all know it. Uh, If you just want to read along with me, that'll be fine. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne, and the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate out the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. And so I want to take an opportunity to show you how you guys have been ministering to people all around the world. I want to do it by breaking up the passage just a little bit and and show you a few things. He says, so I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I'm pushing it. There it is. Life in Lesotho is pretty hard, but up in the mountains, it's not too bad. The people up there are subsistent farmers. They grow what they need, and so they can usually get by. It's the ones in the town my apologies for this, that, um, that really struggle. The orphans and the kids, they don't have a lot. And so what Cheryl and I try to do is we try to be there for them. We try to bring food packets to them and help them out along the way as we can. And it's a really great opportunity and a blessing to be a part of that and to be involved in what's going on. Something else that we get to do is we get involved in orphanages there. We have this orphanage called God's Love Center. And we have some churches in the area up in Panhandle, or excuse me, up in Perryton and such that have come down and helped us out quite a lot. And just, again, bringing the word to them, bringing the message to them, but also helping to meet their physical needs. And these kids are going to grow up one of these days knowing that somebody cares for them. Somebody took the time to come down and to be with them and to help them along the way. They'll come and they do vacation Bible schools and all those kind of things, but they bring the bread of life to these kids. And John 6.35 says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry again. And that's what it's about. It's about bringing not only the physical bread to them, but also bringing that spiritual bread and being involved in their life. We also work with a little uh, orphanage clear on the other side of Lesotho called Pulani's Children's Village. What's really neat about Pulani's Children's Village is um, they have trees there. And Lesotho is a lot like the Texas Panhandle here. We don't have trees hardly anywhere. But this place is beautiful. It's totally surrounded by the trees. But it's about bringing hope to these children. And Cheryl and I got to take an opportunity to go up there, and we took a truckload of bedding and things up with them, and we got to spend the weekend up there and just bless them and be involved with what they're doing. And, and we get to bless uh, their work, uh, excuse me, the director that's there as well. She'll fly down with us, and we just spend time ministering to them, but bringing again the word of life and the bread to them. And these kids are going to grow up someday knowing that people cared and took the time to be involved in what they're doing. It says, I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Lesotho boasts as having the single highest drop waterfalls in all of southern Africa. And they're really beautiful. But I don't think this is the kind of water he's talking about, is it? No, he's talking about the living water. He's talking about himself. And there are people that live their whole lives in Lesotho, in remote villages like this one, that have never even heard of Jesus Christ. They don't even know what that name is. And that's really neat and interesting to be involved in that and to bring the living water and to help minister to these people. Because he says, whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. That's what we want to do. We want to bring them that spiritual water that they need so that they will not thirst again. Something that's really fun that Cheryl and I are involved in, of course, is our local church there in Lesotho. I teach Sunday school for 11 to 13-year-old kids. I think that's kind of crazy, but I've done it for many years. Those kids are a blessing. They're a lot of fun. And I really like to be involved in what they're doing. And we have lots of picnics and parties, and, and we just get out, and I teach them lots of fun activities, but what's really exciting is when you see those kids grow up and get baptized, when they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they get involved then with the church, you raise them up, and so this guy was in my Sunday school class for quite a while, and, and um, he's now, you know, an older man, but it's great to see him get baptized. This water, in the summertime, it's great to get baptized, in the winter, it's not so cool, because it's outside, it's really cold. Um, but yeah, that's what it's about. It's a bringing that living water to them and ministering to them. This is a picture of our church looking from the front back. Uh, it was like a Christmas celebration, so everybody's there. The kids are up at the front. And, and what I really find interesting is because we're surrounded by South Africa, we do have technology. It's kind of amazing. And you can see cell phones, right, with cameras on them. It's a lot of fun. But that's our church. That's what we're involved in, what we like to do. These are a couple of missionary ladies. that You may have heard me talk about them once in the past. Uh, uh, and Becca. Becca's the blonde-haired girl there. This is their well. This is where they get their water from. They just dip it right out of the ground. They pour it into buckets. They have to take it back to their house, boil it, filter it, because you never know where this water has come from. They live in a very remote part of Lesotho, ministering to herd boys. But again, bringing them that living water and trying to, to raise them up in a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Sorry. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. There are a lot of people in your lives that you're going to meet that you're just going to see in passing. And you're going to go, wow, hi, how are you? And that's about as far as it goes. Other people you may have opportunities to spend a little bit of time with and to visit and say, how can I pray for you today? What can I do for you? you? know, Like your pastor, how can I help you along the way? And we get involved, and hopefully these people then are no longer strangers to us. And we invite them into our lives, and we become involved in their life and what they're doing, and then bringing Jesus Christ to them through that. And that's what you guys are doing. You're a part of that. You're part of meeting the needs of these people overseas and a part of these kids growing up to know that Jesus Christ cares for them because people care for them. People back in the United States care about what they're doing. And these kids are going to grow up in the orphanage knowing, again, that Jesus loves them and Jesus cares for them. I needed clothing, and you clothed me. Something that we've done a lot is distribution of clothing, blankets in Lesotho because it does get cold. People don't have a lot, and so we're there to help them. And we've had people come to us and say, what can we do to help? And I say, well, I'd like to buy blankets for some guys and kids, and they're there for us. And these kids, again, are going to know that somebody cared. Somebody took the time to donate clothing to them, to bring it to them, and again, in the name of Jesus Christ, care for them. I love this little kid on the front there. They got him totally bundled up in that blanket. That's like, you can't even hardly see them anymore. But it's a lot of fun. And it's great to be there and to be a part of that. And you guys, again, are a part of that and ministering to them. Those hands are the hands of the kids at the Pulani's Children's Center. And we hope to see them grow from small little hands to big ones. And again, knowing that somebody cared and somebody took the time to love us and to send uh, the help we need. And so you're involved in that. I was sick and you looked after me. Now, obviously, in Lesotho, what we do with MAF is a lot of medical flying. Probably about 80% of our flying is medical-related, maybe even a little bit more. We have a flying doctor service that we take out into the mountains, and then we fly critically ill people back into the city. And some of you that get our newsletter know that uh, just recently we had a major accident up in the mountains. They have a lot of um, um, schools that get together and have sporting events, and so the kids will walk from their school for quite a few hours to get to the local uh, area school where they all meet together. And there was a group of girls, about 11 of them, walking along the road uh, to get to this event when a 4x4 truck ran out of control and ran into that group. 11 girls were hit by that truck. Two of them died at the scene. Two of them died at the clinic. They called us to get the rest of them out. And so we flew these girls to the city, to the hospital, all seven of them. And what's really amazing is, is thankfully, those seven survived. They had massive injuries, but yet they survived, and we were able to take care of them and help them. But what's really neat is this gentleman in the front, uh, his name is Safiri. He is, uh, he is our chaplain, and he's a national, but he goes to the hospital with these people, all the people that we bring in, and he's there for them. He spends all of his time there with them, and he went with these girls, and he took care of them. He watched over them because none of their families were there. In fact, a lot of the families didn't even know it had happened clinic called us. We got them out. And so it was days before any of these relatives were there for those kids. Safiri was there. We took them clothing. We took care of them. And again, ministered to them in the name of Jesus Christ. And then we took them home. And that was a lot of fun, to be able to fly these girls back to their homes in the village. Safiri went with them. And he went out there, and he found them. He would walk for the hours to go to where they live and to spend time ministering to those families. And that many of those families came to know Jesus Christ because Safiri was there with them. And again, you guys are a part of that and bringing those needs to them. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now, what was really interesting is I was looking at this part of the passage. I thought, what am I going to do? Okay, because if I take a picture of the prison, I will be in that prison. It's illegal to do that in Lesotho. You can't take pictures of government buildings. And I've seen pictures of the insides of those prisons. Our church does prison ministry. We have, um, we have Christmas parties for the inmates and those kind of things. Cheryl and I are not personally involved in that part of Our church ministry, but a lot of our friends are, and we get involved in the prisons. And I thought, so what can I do? Okay, I don't have any cool pictures of prisons, but I thought, what about like a prison of poverty that we're in a lot of times? And a lot of you guys know this. You've maybe even been involved in the the Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child shoebox thing. It's really cool. It's, It's really neat ministry that you guys are involved here, but we get to be on the other end of it. We get to pack our airplane full of those things and take them out to the kids wherever they are. This one's going up to an orphanage up in the mountains, and, and it's really fun to see that. You know, they get to drop them off, and then the kids are even there to help load them up and pack them and carry them away, and that's just a lot of neat things because they know what's coming. They know what's going to happen. When they get, finally get those boxes to where they are, they get to do that. They get to rip them apart. Now, I'm not here to you know, promote so much the Samaritan's Purse thing. It's a cool thing, and we love being involved in it, but what I'm here to say is we can break that prison of poverty for those kids, and we can see those faces. And it's a neat ministry, but I like it being on the other side of it. You know, I like being able to hand that box out and say, somebody took the time to care for you and to send this. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is for you, and this is what it's about. And so we really enjoy doing that. Pastor alluded a little bit to change. We are changing. Now, I have to show you this. This took me hours to do, so you got to all go ooh and ah oh, when it happens, right? Okay, we live in Lesotho, right? Now, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an aircraft mechanic, okay? I'm not a computer buff. So you computer guys are going to go, oh, boring, but this is, watch this, here it goes. Wow, what do you think? Yeah, that's great. We are moving to Uganda, okay? We're still going to be with MAF, but we're moving up to Kampala, Uganda. Uh, for the past few years, Shell and I have really been feeling the Lord impressed upon us that it's time to, to make a change, okay? I get a little bit complacent working on the same aircraft for 17 years. I don't want to be that way because that's not safe. And so we've got an opportunity to get involved with some different, different types of aviation, still mission aviation, still involved, that's what we are, um, but to get involved with some different aircraft. I'll be working on a little bit bigger airplanes, turbine power, they got a jet engine in the front. Yeah, Higher, faster, louder, you know, like those kind of things. And so uh, this is a Cessna caravan. In fact, next week I'm going to be going to Wichita, Kansas, to go to caravan training school. I'll be there for a couple weeks doing that. And so it's a lot of fun. But they just recently will be supporting... Uh, Excuse me. We'll be supporting the work in the East DRC in the Congo but living in Kampala because it's actually cheaper to do maintenance in Uganda than it is in the Congo because they have massive fees and importation taxes and and all kinds of stuff that they need. And so they can fly the airplane into Kampala. We can do the heavy maintenance there and fly it back, and it'd be much cheaper than actually doing it there. And then we'll occasionally go into the the Congo to help them do the things that they need there. But they just recently had an outbreak of Ebola and um, malaria, and so they were flying medical supplies out. And what's really cool in these next slides is they fly them to the airstrip, get them as far as they can into the jungle. They load them up on the trucks, and then the trucks take them as far as they can until they run out of road, such as it is. And then they load them up on the bicycles. And then they take the bicycles on the footpaths and the trails as far as they can on that road until they run out of path. And then they get to the river, and then they load them up in the dugout canoes to hopefully eventually get them to the people. Because that's what you want. You want that medicine to get to those people where they are. And hopefully this child, obviously, its life will be saved. But then somebody can come along as well and share the spiritual life with them, share Jesus with them. And that's what you guys are going to be involved in as we get to move to Uganda and find out something new. And you guys are going to be a part of that and be a great blessing to us there. And so, uh, you know, James tells us that uh, he says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. God calls us to serve him and to help him along the way. And you guys are part of that by what we do. You're part of that right here in Canyon with the ministries that are going on all around us. So let me just leave you with this passage. We read it earlier, but it just says this. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You're ministering to people all over the world that you don't even know. You're touching lives of people everywhere. And you may not even know it, but yet you're doing it. And Jesus, one of these days, is going to look at you and say, Well done. You did good. So thank you very much. And we appreciate you guys so much. You're a vital part of what we're doing. And we love you very much. And uh, I want to say thank you. We'll be around after church. I'm looking forward to lunch and, and our time together. So please feel free just to... Ask us any questions. We'll be happy to do that. Got a little display up in the back. If you want to get our newsletters, you're welcome to do that. Prayer cards, you can take one of those. There's a calendar. I know it's February or March. March. Um, But, yeah, take a calendar. I've got some to get rid of. So, yeah, but we enjoy it. It's back to you.
0: Well, thank you, Mike, so much. Appreciate again, y'all, being here. If you'd like to stick around for lunch, we'll have um, have some sandwich stuff there in the fellowship hall. Would love to have you guys, and of course, love to uh, sit around and, and get to visit with Mike a little bit and Cheryl too. Haven't heard her talk yet much. So anyway, you want to get to know Cheryl a little bit if you don't. So let's pray together, and I'll ask. We'll ask the Lord's blessing on a, on a meal, and love to I- anyone who can to stick around for lunch. We'd love to have you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we just thank you for this time that we could be together. And Lord, just to see the, the work of your ministry that, that's just carried out all over the world through uh, through through people just like us. And, and uh, we're just so honored to be a part of it, Lord God. Honored to be a part of what's going on through MAF, through Mike and Cheryl, um, and then all their ministry, but also uh, here in Canyon and in other places um, that uh, we get to support. It's just an honor, Lord God, to serve you. It's an honor to serve our King. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, Lord, we're just so so glad to be a part. Father, I pray that you'd help us all to see. Um, just, just I pray that that you'd just take what the 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 ministry, the testimony that Mike and Cheryl have brought to us this morning, just the opportunities that are all around us. And Lord, you don't call all of us to go, but you call all of us to serve. And so, Father, um, I just pray that that uh, as as we've seen Mike and Cheryl involved in so many things back in their their home church in Lesotho, uh, I just pray for that kind of encouragement for us here, that, that we, can too, can be involved like that, um, even right here in our community. So, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for their word. Thank you for their testimony um, about how you use them. And, uh, and Lord, we pray your blessings on us. Bless this food now, Lord God, that we are about to partake. And, and thank you, Lord, for the hands that have prepared it for us. Uh, we pray your blessing uh, on uh, on everyone here this morning and ask your blessing, especially for the shuts this morning. It's in the great name of our Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, so be sure to join us in the fellowship hall here in just a moment and uh, stay if you can. Thank you very much.